Today, anybody over 30 can get your vaccine, so get her, out there and get your vaccine. Policy, Are you worried about Dominic coming giving evidence today, Mr Hancock? <laughs> Hello and welcome to this episode of, hang on, let me check it in my mental diary, free episode, the free one. It's It's the the free free one. one. There it is. Welcome to the free one. Like clockwork, they do the voice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my God. I was, so I was at a girl's place last night who I met on Hinge. She was like, oh, um, I listened to your podcast and I'm like. Oh no. And then she goes, Yeah, you just spent like five minutes at the start going on about it being the free one and I stopped listening. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, I suppose you're going to have uh, to quit the podcast now. Uh, welcome to our new listeners. No, Milo, <laughs> it's the free one. That's ideal. That way you keep all yeah. the secrets and embarrassing talk locked behind a, like, a, a moat of inaccessibility. A moat of bits that <laughs> exactly. cannot be mounted by the casual listener. Uh, That's for right. those of you uh, just, oh, well, for those of you who tuned in uh, yeah. now or a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. you are hearing the dulcet tones of our friend Tom Walker making his first free TF appearance. Hello. Tom, how's it going? Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm well. I'm sorry for not waiting to be introduced. Immediate <laughs> <laughs> regret. Yep. Yeah, I'm afraid uh, mm. because you did not wait to be introduced, you will not be getting your third time appearance uh, lounge access card. Yeah, we, mm. we, we don't count this appearance. I understand. Yep. Mm. Uh, we're not going to be able to stamp the ticket. Uh, you are going to have We'd... to subsist on the cash bar mm. and you're going to have to sit out in the uh, normal seats with everyone else waiting for the flights. But you do get a $5 meal voucher. Oh, fantastic. So, uh, yeah. Round of applause we, for Tom. We would like to waive the rule for Tom, but I think Tom understands that if we did it for him, you know, it would put us in a difficult position. Yeah, with yeah. Regards to absolutely. Well, I'm Josie nothing more Long than a would be on our asses. <laughs> she so often is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, welcome to TF. It's TF and we have our friend Tom with us. And uh, Tom and uh, has brought to sort of uh, my attention um, an exciting new opportunity in the crypto space, which we are going to talk about in a couple of minutes. I, I think it's a way mm. to get rich and quick. Join me in crypto space. But first, I do want to do a UK politics corner. Oh, Only no. a matter of time before there's Gorka coin, though. Uh, yes, mm. uh, and we're going to make it. Gorka coin. <laughs> the only coin that comes down heads twice. You know how easy it is to make a uh, a crypto. You could do it in like twenty minutes. Go and then okay. like do so days. Yeah. yeah, it's it's much like a holidays in that way. Yeah, but um, I don't think there have been as many sort of naked Ponzi schemes. All you need is a mixing bowl. Um, a, a hollandaise that you encourage to invest in. This this batch of hollandaise I've just made, it's only going up. <laughs> you right. should buy now and buy often. Yeah, I've this <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, of- gives a whole new meaning to buying the dip. <laughs> <laughs> She's here all week, people. Uh, <laughs> so, um, basically, um, for American listeners, uh, Dominic Cummings, uh, the uh, the man who realized that Britain was racist, a man who that is his real name. Yes. We cannot stress that enough. That's his his, his main his big actual thing name. Was- well, he had two big realizations. One is uh, Britain, British people will push the big racism button if you ask them to. Yep. And two, uh, that everyone in every insider in Westminster and their sort of media bubble surrounding it is a moron concerned with protecting their phony baloney jobs. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and who yeah. is extremely easy to bully. Yeah. 
So uh, basically, he. Fa- I have proved this yeah. empirically. <laughs> yes. Uh, upon falling out with the uh, government, he then ended up going on a big long. Um, he ended up sort of uh, testifying, essentially, in front of Parliament, uh, saying, "Look, actually, here's the real thing. Um, we had no plan for COVID at all in March. Nothing. They were making it up as they went along. Uh, they had zero. They had no planning. It's Nothing. crazy because that didn't come across. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. if, if like, you, you wouldn't have thought that. I mean, if you read our fearless uh, media and lobby journalists, it definitely wouldn't have come across. No, if yeah. that was your only way of like, in many ways, I feel like a lot of people in Britain have a sort of Plato's cave thing going on where like, if you're only looking at the representations of Britain you find in the British press, you are living in an entirely different country. <laughs> so effectively, what happened is, uh, is, is we did no planning, nothing. There was... No, hundreds, uh, over 100,000 people died mm. because mm-hmm. there was basically a bunch of guys in parliament who were making it up as they went along. A bunch of guys yeah. in number 10, rather. Yeah, and really. Boris yeah. kept saying fun things like, oh, I quite like chaos because it makes people yeah. uh, turn to me. I think, I think it was badass that he was like, yeah, give me COVID. I don't care. And then he went and got he COVID to be, basically on purpose. Yeah, he wanted to be injected with COVID-19 <laughs> by the chief medical officer on live TV. I quite TV. like the Joker. Yeah. Um, and also, but also, like, he was there being like, yes, and then, you know, it was like the Spider-Man meme. And it's like, this is a stupid country for children. Yes. This is a dumb country. It's awful. I hate it. Yeah. But the upshot of this was that he tried to get our special boy fired. Yeah. Oh, well, you can't know. That is going too far. Mm. Because we have all of us, including Tom, watch the clip of, uh, and I believe we included it as the cold open in the episode, Matt Hancock being asked about this, just um, grabbing a line from inside his head about taking the vaccine, and then, like a fucking badass, just running away from the reporter. He's He's literally Forrest Gump. Like, he he is completely brainless. He just says whatever comes into his head, but to the point where it confuses everyone around him so much that he just keeps being promoted and then he literally runs away this is the most chad move i've ever seen gently jogging away from the scene a strategy that works as well for matt hancock as the hillside strangler (laughs) i thought it was so cool it genuinely it it looked to me like he was an open world video game character who just (laughs) finished a quest (laughs) <laughs> like, you know, when you hand in something, you're like, oh, well, off to the next thing, and you just turn and fucking sprint. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think if you want to think about what Matt, Matt Hancock is. We don't like your kind around here, Hancock. Matt Hancock. Chicken chaser. Do you chase chickens? <laughs> yeah. Matt Hancock is essentially a. Uh, he gives the side quest that's the comic relief in the Witcher game. Mm. I think. <laughs> I think. If you're having trouble with drowners, maybe call a witcher. Yeah, that's right. Um, so just again, just a a completely just non-function. The elite of this country is non-functional. It has been non-functional for a fucking while. Um, and I, also, it's like we get the. It's one of these things as well where you just have to deal with being Cassandra, where everyone knew, or at least everyone mm. who who sort of applied some critical thought to it knew. Well, that's that, not many people. That Laura Koonsberg was basically just tweeting out what 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 Dominic Cummings sent her over WhatsApp. It was obviously that was the case. Then he said, yeah. "Yeah, the main person I was in contact in the media was uh, Laura Koonsberg," which the, the BBC the- then silenced when he said it. Yeah, yeah, they, they like, ca- cut away from it, didn't they? <laughs> they t- they had an announcer talk over it. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's like um the entire the, the entire sort of elite stratosphere of this country is just constantly like bud wiring itself with a nerf gun. 
Like they're just, they're just like embarrassing, constant failures in national television that they're all trying to cover up from one another. And the Tories are up another six points. I love it. It's great. Uh, they have oh, like the, a Brewster's the, Million mm. situation going on, but for the polls, where like the more they try and like lose the election, just the more popular they get. Well, like also as the Labour Party have been handed this massive, slow-moving soft pitch right down the middle, uh, wh- what have they uh, gone on gone on TV and the radio to talk about? It's Jeremy fucking Corbyn. Jeremy Corbyn! <laughs> Awesome! I love that. That's cool. So right cool. now, what we have is we when everyone's zigging, yeah. you got a zag. We, they we have uh we've uh, they basically have said Jeremy Corbyn should apologize for the um free Palestine marches. Jeremy Corbyn should uh reveal his. This was called from the next one was called for from Neil Coyle, uh, MP for Bermondsey and Old Southwark. Uh, was like t- Jeremy Corbyn uh, fiddled his expenses on the basis of like uh, we got too many donations for his um, I like legal old campaigns. Suffolk, like the old Southwark because there's like the old the old the old timey village in Suffolk. Uh, yeah. Like, where, um, yeah. yeah, we we have to apologize to the public for allowing Jeremy Corbyn to be our candidate because if and, he wasn't, then we would be ahead in the polls, even and, though he isn't now, and we aren't and ahead the, of the polls. And the third one was the intimation from someone in Starmer's office that Corbyn didn't take the vaccine because he's an anti-vaxxer, even though he's been. Can- Campaigning to get the vaccine more widely distributed. Amazing. <laughs> they mistook him for his brother or something. Mm-hmm. But what's crazy, also, the thing that makes you feel most insane is that literally the only person who in the prominent in the sort of the British media and political ecosystem who saw this coming and in retrospect called for all for what were the right decisions was him. Mm. The only part is because like everybody, everyone in Britain, I think, since maybe Harold Wilson, the entire mm. sort of British political media elite have been slowly turning themselves insane. Mm. They have been, they have just been, they have been subjecting themselves to like they had to stop nonsense. Well, they they've been subjecting themselves to a kind of like I don't know the Ludovico technique, but where you watch like a video of a of an automated Amazon warehouse and then like. I don't know, like uh, Patrice Lumumba's um, uh, 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 inauguration ceremony, that you just get driven slowly, slowly, slowly insane until basically Jeremy Corbyn was the only sane person left. And so, of course, he was going to be shunned by everyone else. It's because Jeremy Corbyn yeah. was too vegetarian to like yeah. eat beef burgers in the 90s. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> he didn't get mad cow like all the others got. And so now, like, the fa- and the, the fact that he was basically able to like see, like, oh, there appears to be this global pandemic. Perhaps we should lock down. That, of course, the opinion needed to be, uh, 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 you know, um, ruthlessly suppressed. Yeah. Of yeah. course, yeah. Jeremy Corbyn be- should actually apologize because when he said all of the good things we should do, that is what prevented them from ever being done. <laughs> as soon as he said, "Hey guys, maybe we should do this thing," which is obviously a good yeah. idea, Robin's like, "Well, now Jeremy Corbyn said it, so we have to do the opposite yeah. of that." I'm Fuck sorry, you. that's the rules. Yeah. We're not anti-Semites here. <laughs> and so, effective. I mean, look, it's. I've been thinking a lot about C. Wright Mills recently, uh, and just this and this idea where, like, where there is in elite policymaking this idea of crackpot realism, Mm -hmm. where you just turn yourself, where you turn yourself so insane. He was using it to describe the foreign policy in the 1950s Mm -hmm. under Eisenhower, where it was like we need to engineer in order to keep humanity safe. We need to engineer 
thousands more nuclear bombs that will annihilate uh, humanity from the world effectively mm-hmm. in order to prevent a nuclear like these kinds of just on their face insane things but that because they're said by serious people in gray suits you sort yeah. of end up having to do and it's just this how whole way of being and seeing the world has permeated every single element of of culture and uh, political life on this island to the point where it seems like anything but a completely bizarre crackpot opinion, anything that it will sort of, I don't know, sensibly, materially deal with the world as it is presented to us that is, you know, not sort of holed up in this nuanced fantasy land of, um, of you know, like uh, retail politics is completely beyond the pale, which is, mm. it, it is makes you crazy to live here. It really does. Mostly, mostly again, because of the BSE. Yes, it's exactly yeah, right. That is right. <laughs> it's, it's just mad cow and lead. It's just this entire island. Anyway. Yeah, but hey, Tom, how's Albo doing? <laughs> oh, he's great, brother. Thanks so much for checking in. I know everything about our politics. Nothing about yours, but boy, oh boy, am I well informed. We got a bunch of these guys over here, much like yours. Mm. Uh, what, what, you also have guys down there? Oh yeah, all sorts. Um, but hey, all upside down. I want guys s- nonetheless. Let's stop talking about guys. Though. I want to get out of UK politics corner. Uh, Tom, you, uh, you, you, and I sort of well, you on your stream, and and me as your uh, loyal, a loyal member of your chat. Your sem. Um, yes. Yeah, me as me as your uh, your notice me senpai. Um, I didn't say senpai. I said simp. Yes. Well, I said I said something else. Simpai. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so when you simp so much, you get a sort of eye condition. Discovered, discovered this this new cryptocurrency thing called girlfriend.finance, which appears yeah. to be <laughs> a Belarusian startup aiming to disrupt yeah. relationships generally. Girlfriend.finance. Greg is girlfriend, but also cryptocurrency. But actually, it's made from potato. Yeah. Except the last thing. That's basically what it is. Oh, because potato would have so, given it too much value. Tom, what's uh, what's what's the deal with girlfriend.finance and it, how why is it sweeping the nation of Belarus? Yeah, thank you so much, mm. Riley. I'm happy to take this. Girlfriend.finance seems to be a very optimistic and also genuinely for me incredibly surprisingly poorly executed across the board idea. The idea mm. seems to operate from two separate attack vectors to yeah. the uh, okay. crypto idiot. Mm. Um as far as I can tell, they are uh, they are an appeal to the simp, as as Alice deemed mm. Riley, uh, mm, that yeah. you will purchase an NFT of your favorite star or model's relationship status, and mm. then you will have mm. a series of numbers that say that you are the boyfriend of Cara Delevingne or whatever, yeah. or you. And this is a this is the re- the narrative that they're pushing on their subreddit, which has three members. You and me are two of them. They're pushing it yes. to an elite circle of people. <laughs> yeah, yes. Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, three accounts, all of them employees. Only two of them employees. I think one of them is double dipping accounts because Sue eight one 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 and Kitty nine one eight share pretty similar posting styles. Anyway, they <laughs> made. Uh, the, the, the other thing they're pushing, and this seems to be their final goal, is to supplant marriage by making it instead of, in addition to buying a diamond ring, you buy your fiance an NFT of your relationship. Are you saying that we found something less ethical mm. than diamonds? 
Yes. Mm. We finally found, Alice, a way to uh, create a diamond by shoveling a bit of rainforest into a big fire. We, we, we found a way to make the De Beers company look moral. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, two different kinds of mining. So what they've said is uh, an NFT relationship tokenization for actresses and models to manage relationships with fans. We aim to disrupt the way people I relate see. to each other and the way people not manage good, their not needs to each other. It's not perfect, but we don't want to disrupt the basic evolution. Mm. This is some fucking Neon Genesis Evangelion shit. We're going to all turn mm. into a big lady. Yeah. Right. The I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> oh, are we all? So what yeah, I think- Alice is going to get the surgery where we all are subsumed into her in a sort of giant <laughs> trans Megatron. So what I think is very interesting here is that... um. The max supply is 20 million tokens. Okay. So there are, I mean, look. That's as many clear, women as that can be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a maximum, the, the, the hash rate of humanity can produce a maximum mm. number of 20 million women. We yeah. did an analysis <laughs> on the amount of total dimes out there. Like I'm talking br- mm. uh, grade A. Oh, I'm yeah. doing the hourglass <laughs> motion, but I'm yeah. doing it for a long time because it's yeah, an yeah. NFT. Mm-hmm. My, my wife's actually mining a daughter for us right yeah, now. Um, she's we've got a rig set up in our uterus. Um, yeah, we got to throw RTX 3080s in there. Oh, boy, it was a tight squeeze. But now I'm really mm. excited. Yeah. Oh, boy, her ovaries mm. on. So the, uh, they say the end goal is to replace outdated government governmental institutions with an intergovernmental blockchain organization that lets people define their romantic familial and personal relationships why why these people never ask themselves why they just have age of consent reasons i suspect well you just you just what you do is you have an idea for something you can put on the blockchain and then the idea is to put it on the blockchain as fast as possible and then get as much ethereum as fast as possible on Alice's hmm. uh, note there, there is an interesting post on the subreddit, which is, again, made by a member of the company that is like, uh, this 18-year-old girl I am seeing asked me if we are official, so I bought her the NFT of our relationship. Now, this did not happen, but one day it will. Won't you get on board with girlfriend.finance? Is this, is this just like, has, has one of these AIs that makes YouTube kids videos just become mm. sentient and decided to try to find love. I mean, when I get all of my girlfriends to like swap heads. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. <laughs> also the, uh, I'm dating uh, Peppa Pig and also Wonder Woman. Uh, anyway. so they, they, there's a graphic here that says actresses, singers, and models sell NFT relationships to fans. And the example organizations are Twitch streamers. So Tom, for mm. example, Thank you, you can sell an NFT. I've already bought Tom, yeah. Tom Walker. Well, there's a bit yeah. more. Wait, Tom Walker's my girlfriend now. Right. <laughs> well, my NFT is, yeah, I sold my NFT to Milo the same way Bart sells his soul to Millhouse. That's right. Well, yeah. it's Twitch, YouTube. I'm currently and- driving a truck over Tom Walker's NFT. <laughs> Twitch, <laughs> Twitch, YouTube, and Instagram are all on there, as are mm. the Grammys and the Oscars. So you could oh. date Oscar from Oscars with an oh. NFT. Yeah, that's right. That's why they're the a shiny gold fellow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Fits right in there. Yeah, I've, heard of a, I've heard of a trophy <laughs> husband, but this is ridiculous. And now that's fun Hey-o. for everybody. <laughs> What's well, up? Did, like, the Oscar statue was based on that guy because he was shiny and gold. <laughs> so, <laughs> the like, goldest well. actor in Hollywood, but he was lost on the black and white era. Yeah. So they, they basically, right, they, the premise here seems to be, and this is, again, this is not going to go anywhere. I think it's just like mm. some bizarre Belarusian project. It's, and there have been a few over the years. Um, let's be real. They are going, but they, are, they, so they want to, quote, incentivize Females to embrace the new normal of relationship tokenization. Okay, females is an immediate red I'm, flag. As soon as you see someone saying females, yeah. you're, I'm immediately like nutcases. Yeah. 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 
Not that trying to incentivize females. <laughs> We're yeah. trying to incentivize females to embrace the new normal of relationship tokenization <laughs> and blockchain relationship management. Get on board with the future, everyone. Yeah. It's any, here any, today. any females out there want to get incentivized? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm tenting my fingers now. This female <laughs> dome got me incentivized. Anyway, uh, you, you receive incentivization. Uh, so, look, <laughs> basically, the idea is look, Bella Thorne. For example, uh, yeah. she can have her, you know, boyfriend. She can be dating Chet Hanks or whatever in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, but also, you will know that you yeah. own her NFT. Yeah, you can mm, own yeah. one, or you, or she could have some kind of like, you know, uh, harem of guys yeah. who are mm. all trading Bella Thorns. And again, the thing is because the. I guess their claim that it's somehow significant is that Bella Thorne would have minted the NFT from her Ethereum wallet. Mm. Yeah, so and if Bella Thorne, if you are buried days. with that NFT, you wake up in the afterlife with Bella Thorne. Yeah, that's right. As yeah. your servant. Mm. But if your that's heart, right. if your heart weighs more than a graphics card, then uh, your soul gets turned into an NFT of, um, mm. you know, like Polly Shore of his oh, of his no. girlfriend. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sorry, sorry, Milo. You're uh, you're going to Shore Town. I'm afraid. Shit. I hope you like the movie In the Army Now. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> well, that's not uh, good. Who knew that Amit the Devourer was such a big fan of Paulie Shaw? <laughs> mm. Me um, as his charm. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that makes sense. I have. Uh, so I I have joined the girlfriend.finance Discord. Uh huh. Cool. I am, I am the, members. A vibrant community. Thank you so much for asking, Milo. I am the eleventh member of the girlfriend.finance oh, Discord. Yeah, yeah. The, the subreddit is absolutely dead. Um, it is a fucking wasteland, and there is <laughs> one person there who seems to be having kind of similar feelings to us. But he, the thing he is chasing is kind of trying to nail them down on: I'm going to sell my GF's NFT without her permission. I'm going to mint an NFT in the name of my girlfriend and dating my girlfriend, and then I'm going to sell it to someone. And mm. then they're basically are trying to tell him, well, no, you that's that wouldn't be cool. And then he's like, yeah, but I can't do it with your system, right? And they're like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course you can do it. Of course <laughs> you can do it. I mean, I, they, like I, the guys who invented the dark web are yeah. like, well, and now you shouldn't do that. I mean, you you totally can. Yeah. Yeah. But yet, we're going to we're going to ask if you could stick to like drugs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mate, mm -hmm. drugs are fine, but maybe that other thing, maybe don't do that. We can't stop you. I can't stress that enough. We really we can't. <laughs> but, really, honestly, I can't. Yeah, uh, um, it's I, what I think is sort of if there's to be a takeaway for like look, I don't think girlfriend.finance is about to redefine anyone's relationship anytime soon, but do be on the lookout for, for yourself for more um mm. more attempts to uh disrupt something about your life with NFTs because mm. it's coming. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's going to be disrupted. Yeah. It's going to every single time it's there's no example mm. of a top time when it's not stupid. There is not one example of a time when it's not stupid to, to use that particular system. What about cancelling a guy for buying an NFT of an underage girl? Yeah, you've got a weird that. age gap in this NFT. Yeah, We're <laughs> yeah, doing the maths yeah. here, and it looked like you minted this when she was 17, or you at least started the processes twirling when mm. she was, oh boy, you're not coming out here well here, champ. <laughs> Starting um, the processes I, twirling. Yeah. <laughs> get, yeah, Get that I, NFT twirling for me, champ. <laughs> pulling um, the big crank that says NFT to maximum. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also looked up Tatiana Starolatko, who seems to be the kind mm. of uh, she's the she's the face of the movement. She's the head of a uh, Belarusian IT company. 
Okay. Uh, would you guys like to hear another project that she, uh, her company has worked on? I, I would. would, love I would. To. Mm. In 3D police car parking, we have implemented as many as 20 types of parking. Okay. This what is a 20? game what are for uh, Android phones. <laughs> but Tom, what are the types of parking? We have opened well, up a pocket dimension you can park cop cars in. Yeah. Mm. Any one of these can meet the driver when driving around the city in real life. Each of the levels is much more difficult than the previous one and requires a certain skill, skill, and experience. Uh, is, this a, is this a game? Is it the a driving assist? The difficulty lies in the fact that at the slightest mistake, the mission has to be repeated until so, the car takes mm. the perfect parking position. So wait, it, she, she made a game where you park a cop car? I believe she, uh, her company was used to outsource a phone game where you park a cop car. Uh, and, you, and I think you'll be playing that on stream. I'm immediately mm. really interested in it. Yeah, genuinely, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, yeah. Because what, what is more thrilling than parking a car? That's what people love. If you ask any driver what their favorite part of driving it is, it's parking the car. Yeah, I, I, I went into the, 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 the video game shop and asked, what, what, what's the game that every boy wants? Mm, that's right. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely the Lee Carvello's putting challenge of Grand Theft Auto mm. Five. <laughs> um, so, uh, Tom, do you have any more on on girlfriend finance, or uh, when where can uh, viewers find you? Can they can they bid on you yet? I mean, we've already bid on you. You know what? Weirdly, if you just type in girlfriend finance, I have emailed Tatiana, and she has not gotten back to me. Okay, so, so uh, this is a public call, Tatiana. Should I write to her in Russian. Get in touch with Tom. Also, what <laughs> Also, Anna and Lucy DeCinque, please uh, make a cameo for Tom. I've tried oh, to man. get one for I him. Team pravashu <laughs> All right. All right. I uh, assume she listens. <laughs> well, uh, look. This it's is, a free one. Yeah, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing for our friend Tom here. Uh, no, so I want to move on a little bit from uh, a little bit of um, a big stupid... Uh, from a stupid cryptocurrency thing that will obviously never work to mm-hmm. a stupid cryptocurrency thing that will obviously never work. Ah, get another jarring transition. Yeah, because basically the last, as of the recording, look, cryptocurrency is so volatile that I'm not willing to say what it's going to be doing between when we're recording this and when it comes out. But at the time of recording, basically, uh, Bitcoin is like halved from its all-time high value, largely because Elon Musk tweeted about it. Awesome. Uh, he said, oh, we're no longer going to accept Bitcoin for Teslas. This was about a week ago, a couple weeks ago. Um, and then Bitcoin started sliding and crashing. And a number of other things happened as well. Korea has cracked down on mining. China has cracked down on mining. And uh, the US has not cracked down on mining. So I'm just going to, on my little scoreboard here that says President Xi versus President Biden, put a little tick in the <laughs> President Xi column. Joe Biden does not know what Bitcoin is. That is the key issue there. So what has effectively happened is, yeah, that China is like, yeah, we're going to... Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> a, bunch of, a bunch of mining pools are just wasting all this money. Uh, we are going to uh, crack down on it. Um, and like, all, like, also, like, let's, let's not kid ourselves. Like, uh, any intelligence community probably loves Bitcoin. Uh, it is free, untraceable money that you can fund all kinds of really dark shit with and not yeah. be accountable to any kind of troublesome church committee. Commission, mm. rather. Um, so, wait, the CIA are accountable to the church? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, effectively, right? What is what has happened is, um, you know, number one, cryptocurrency. Yeah, it's an asset class that trades on the basis of its proximity to Elon Musk, how much he likes it, and if he thinks it's epic, uh, which is just great. 
Uh, also, yeah, whenever it's the, we talk- it's the Elon Musk girlfriend dot experience. That's right. Mm-hmm. A Bitcoin is just an Elon Musk girlfriend dot uh, cryptocurrency. I'm selling this NFT of grams. Yeah, that has made me immeasurably sad. <laughs> You're welcome. I was unprepared for the gut punch. That's what I'm on this podcast for. Oh, so, that um, sucks. Look, this sucks. The other thing is, whenever we talk about cryptocurrency, I'm from now on. I'm going to make a point to cite what its electricity consumption is based on the Cambridge Bitcoin Electricity Consumption Index. Oh, As of right now, it is uh, the Netherlands. It is consuming oh, one Netherlands of electricity. Yeah, well, It's not consuming any Netherlands much boot polish, though, to be fair yeah. to it. Yes, that's right. Netherlands can't be that. My goodness. Well, it's well my goodness. Bit. It's a whole freaking country, this thing. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's some sort of nether region. I don't imagine mm-hmm. it's a whole country. But there, there are a bunch consuming of things. The region, consuming the, uh, the energy of many, many honks. That's right. Mm, that so is right. There are many things that have happened as well since then. So uh, the day after Elon sort of said he was no longer thrilled about Bitcoin, mm. as we mentioned last week, uh, the yeah. US dollar tether uh, asset back mi- asset mix was revealed to be... Um, like crisp packets, um, yeah. a few uh, discarded, yeah. <laughs> discarded uh, soda cans, yeah, several bal, yeah, uh, yeah, just nothing really. Mm. Um, anyway, and uh, also don't forget uh, Tesla. Their profit last quarter was just selling Bitcoin. That's yeah. what they made money doing. It's a car company. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how you make exactly. money when you're a car company. Is you buy Bitcoin and then you tweet about Bitcoin being good and then you sell the Bitcoin and then you say Bitcoin's bad. Actually, <laughs> he still has a lot, so it might may, might make a loss on it. But yeah, I don't know why he said Bitcoin was bad. This uh, is, I've got well, it, I understand why he said it was good. If you, he's doing cock and ball torture, but to like a big number that he has in a bank account, and he likes to hit it with a tweet every now and again to make <laughs> it sting. <laughs> I Coin mean, and bit torture. Yeah, there's there's a. <laughs> <laughs> there is an explanation for it, I think. I mean, look, I don't know for sure, but I'd imagine if you're someone who likes to buy Bitcoin and your tweets can change the um, value of Bitcoin, you want to buy mm. some Bitcoin, you might as well tweet and then buy Bitcoin. If I, ah. if I was to be a betting man. Yeah. Um, so anyway, what, the, what all of this, the end result of all of this is basically that like as, with the China crackdown as well, like having the value basically means that um, the logic of cryptocurrency when its value goes down means it's easier to mine. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's more complicated than that, but like, let's just mm. sit with that for now. What's happened is they've now created as as not just uh, Musk, but uh, Michael Saylor and a number of other sort of you know mm-hmm. um, rich nitwits have created Michael something Saylor. called Saylor. Yeah, <laughs> he's the C- Mr. Doctor Mike Saylor. He's the CEO of MicroStrategy, a, fr- a company CEO that, of Micro Saylor. A, 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 a company. <laughs> no, it's a MicroStrategy was a, a software company that realized it could make a lot more money just by holding a lot of Bitcoin rather than doing anything. Yeah, which is uh-huh. the normal does. business of boats. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so what's very interesting <laughs> in this bottle is a very small strategy. What I find very interesting is that um, what they have done essentially is. They've created a mining consortium in America where they're going to like have transparent. They're going to regulate Bitcoin mining, but instead of a government, it's these guys. And what I think is very fun about this is um, this weird libertarian experiment has uh, now basically ended. Well, it's beginning to reverse engineer something that looks like a central bank. Yeah, because it's the right. only way you can have a currency that works is to have a, a, a central bank. So they've I mean, just had to invent one. <laughs> uh, which yeah. is very funny. So Sailor said, 
Uh, I think the first step is let's come up with a protocol for us to publish energy information in a way that we can share it with the world and then work together to make sure mm. that we pursue sustainable energy goals. So basically what they're saying is that they can mine artisanal bitcoins with like ah. hydroelectricity and that I love an artisanal bitcoin. And that those are going to be, you know, uh, worth more because they're going to have mm. like an ESG premium of some kind, which is ludicrous. Ludicrous. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's and again, like there are many, many steps between this and being a central bank, but having a central governing organization for your stupid libertarian currency is basically like the day in Colonia Dignidad when they realized, hang on a second, we need to, uh, all we need to get together to club some money together to pay for a water purifier and a doctor and so on and so on. Uh, but of course, then Colonia Dignidad didn't do that, and it was a um, a very interesting story of what happened after that. The trouble with all these, uh, which I presume is it was fine. Yeah. Um, the mm -hmm. the problem with all these central banks is they're propping up all those pesky age of consent laws. <laughs> and, uh, we so can keep we... all of the like monetary policy, but we need to do something about that. Yeah, what if we had a central bank that was full of like Reddit guys? So they said the organization yeah. would be funded by dues from member miners. Uh, so like again. In the first, US. I thought you said funded by dudes. No, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> right. I mean, it would be. And probably find supplemental revenue streams. Certified miners benefit for increased demand for artisanally mined coins from because investors. Because we say there will be. Oh, well, a, I mean, a fair trade Bitcoin. Uh, effectively, yes. And again, look, there's a, a pretty, a lot of clear blue water between, between like this and a central bank, but they do seem to be creating a government. To solve steps in that direction. They seem to be solving a coordination problem with their currency mm. by creating some rule. I thought this was supposed to not be that. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, but the, mm. the fun, and like when you and Goldman just released a report on it as well, which I've I've, I've read because this is what I do, I guess. Um, yeah, you read stuff. Yeah. Uh, Michael Novogratz, the co-founder and CEO of Galaxy Digital Holdings, said that um, uh, uh, Bitcoin is a good store of value, despite the fact that it has no income. No practical uses, extremely high volatility, <laughs> and um, and and so on. By saying, yeah. "Look, uh, stores of value are social constructs. They have value because we believe they do. There has never been a more successful brand created in a short period of time. It's like they floated the baby in the river. The community raised the baby, and it's now worth about a trillion dollars. But like the holdings of it are so incredibly concentrated that basically, mm. I don't know, like two hundred guys in a couple of mining consortiums basically decided this was an asset class, and now mm. it is." And what then the trick, the trick that's being played by the guys doing the mining pool and being like, oh, we're Elon Musk and we're going to do artisanal Bitcoin mine from hydroelectricity. Like that's still taking green electricity out of the power grid and using yeah. it for this thing that just burns surplus. Yeah, it's a waste it, of time. It's just it is. It is. It's just it is the creation of exchange value with no use value. It is mm -hmm. just a, it is just burning things that could be made to make your life better is instead just going into a big oven. That then comes out as you know a, a fun internet money for um, guys with laser eyes in their profiles on Twitter. Yeah, hmm. and you know the the interesting thing as and well. That's an important constituency, and we wouldn't want to yeah. disenfranchise them. Yeah, we absolutely. do love to see that funny line go up and down and make everyone sad or happy as well. And but and the thing is, it doesn't. So now, right? Because enough rich people have just said it's an asset class, um, and then that and that, but that's only part one of the trick. Part two of the trick. Is saying is is then shocking gently away. <laughs> well, part, part part two of the trick is then uh, saying, oh, creating like if almost like the um like the ratchet effect, right? Where you create mm -hmm. the best possible condition is 
an environmentally responsible Bitcoin, right? Where now mm. it's like, well, you can have the irresponsible Bitcoin in China, or you can have the responsible Bitcoin from here, but there's mm. no version of the world where we don't just burn all the excess energy that could be going to literally fucking anything else. Yeah. The entire thing. Like, if there... Like, I, I'm I'm not, I'm not for carceral solutions to things generally, but mm. if the U if the American state could somehow just like I don't know go and and dismantle every single Bitcoin mining rig in the country, it would make the world an immeasurably better place. Yeah, um, mm. I mean, and also like the U.S. they've put so many people in jail already. Why not There's just so expand much less. it by like twenty yeah. guys? Yeah. Listen, in fact, think... release 20 of the guys you've already got in jail, like for weed or something, and replace them with those guys. It won't even increase the level of carceralness, so we can be in favor of it. It's fine. Do that, and then uh, she'll be better. Yeah. Now, I think give everyone a full gaming PC. You know, you got your RGBs, your LEDs, your SSDs, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Just minus a graphics card and let, let this work itself out. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Just deny them a graphics card. They'll figure out where those things are hiding, and there'll be some number-loving freaks getting uh, absolutely robbed. <laughs> so, um, what's interesting, right, in this in this Goldman report, is um, uh, all the Bitcoin guys talk like they're on a mission from God. So, uh, Novogratz says, right, well, the Blues Brothers three. Bitcoin. Novograd says at the and a core group of crypto people see us as this, and I quote the Blues Brothers here: "A mission from God." <laughs> no fucking I way! Hate, you gotta go see the penguin, and by that I mean Elon Musk. Um, <laughs> they want to rebuild the infrastructure of financial markets in a way that's more transparent and egalitarian, and doesn't rely on governments. After that, he says, "Look." Uh, one of the main reasons people have gotten excited about Bitcoin recently is that we're worried that it, we have an unsustainable balance of monetary and fiscal policy that will eventually set off an inflationary spiral. More, more and more Americans are in favor of paying for college for people whose families earn less than 100k annually. Biden just gave half of the 1.9 trillion stimulus package to, directly to people who need it. Um, but capital tends to be taxed and given to labor. None of that is fiscally prudent. And there's no political imperative to stop spending money. So basically, it's like... This is if you're a rich guy and you can't afford to build a spaceship. The whole idea of Bitcoin is all of the you're going to like you're going to find places where there are cheap energy, and then hoard it to find a version of money so you can create a little society for yourself where all of the poor politely die. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I enjoy actually. There's a lot of parallels to the Blues Brothers because it's like the bit in the Blues Brothers where. They get to the, the Blues Brothers get to the country bar first and they pass themselves off as the country band, the good old boys. And then the good old boys show up and they're like, oh, have you come to see the good old boys? And they're like, but we're the good old boys. And then that's basically what's happening with the mining consortium. <laughs> what, the Chinese what, what are I, already there mining yeah. it. What, what I really want to happen, what we want to happen is the end scene where every cop and national guardsman in Chicago is separately pointing a gun at the Blues Brothers, but for crypto <laughs> yeah. guys. That's right. That's right. Uh, this it, it just it fully like a sensible polity yeah. would make this entirely illegal. Would destroy this market overnight. It is, it is a it is a basically an all consuming monster that needs to be stopped before it's too late. Mm. Crypto sucks. Uh, my understanding of crypto is it's the way I've been able to make it make sense to me is either it's like paying like a big machine that burns a fucking hundred year old oak a second just to uh, add one plus one for the rest of eternity. Or I think of it like you get 
to make it like, you know, an NFT where you like run a car on a treadmill for three months and you just fucking gun that thing at 80 kilometers an hour. And then at the end of it, you get, I don't know, the number five, but you're sure. Yeah, that's right. It's more mm. or less it. Yeah. It's like this, this show brought to you by this number five. Mm. Yeah, this one. And no one else has this one number five. No, yeah, yeah. they can use it. Yeah. Look at it. They don't have it. No. <laughs> Only you it doesn't have say it. that it belongs to them. Yeah, yeah. If you oh, want to yeah, count no, to 10, it, someone's counting with your number. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a whole, it's a whole new generation of guys being sold bridges. Yeah. yeah. Just being on the dating app and being like, hey, you ever use the number five? <laughs> that's actually... <laughs> uh. Mine. You actually have to give me your number because I bet it contains a five. Yeah, statistically. You have to give me all the fives from your number. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Change I'm moving five. to an area code with a five in it just to increase my yeah. chances on the apps. <laughs> I got yeah, this killer right. line that only works in, I don't yeah. know, Westport. Yeah, yeah. Is that a five in your number? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I want to move us on a little bit um, to uh, do talking a little bit about mm. something that SoftBank has done. Ah. Boy, but this is going to from... be good. Oh, yeah. Groovy. Yeah. This episode full of insane cockamamie business ideas that will never work, and also cryptocurrency. <laughs> That's right. Hmm. Uh, I think, like, like, look, uh, girlfriend.finance is the only difference between it and most SoftBank-backed companies is that girlfriend.finance, like, is, is less slickly marketed. <laughs> yeah, it, does, it doesn't yeah, have, like, millions change. of dollars. Yeah. It could change. Yeah. Masayoshi-san, invest in girlfriend.finance. Yeah. Mr. Masayoshi, could you please... Uh, um, so You don't but, understand. We could... Own Bella Thorne. Mm. Um, so Lemonade is a SoftBank backed insurtech firm. David Cameron is going to start working for Girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just trusting Rishi. Rishi Sunak. Yeah, hope you're doing well in the heart of the machine. Um, got a really interesting company for you about buying pussy. All that PC. Have you heard yeah. of Bella Thorne? Mm. <laughs> uh, I've been I've been on Reddit incels and they're talking about government issued girlfriends. Are you on the subreddit, Rishi? Um, I've got a JPEG of Emily Ratajkowski that I'm willing to let go for a most competitive prize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're willing to accept taxes in, yeah. in JPEG. You slipped into sort of a Mandelson there, but yeah. it was still good. I don't know what he fucking price. sounds like. I was swinging. I was yeah. on, an, on got the seat of my pants. A very buttery staircase. So, uh, lemonade <laughs> is this. Is this um, buttering up a rack yeah. of graphics cards? <laughs> so, Lemonade is a SoftBank-backed insurance company. That's uh, not as a drink. Shouts out to uh, Idaho Bones on Twitter who helped me a lot putting this together. Um, Idaho Bones. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so there's a lot to be discussed, and like their corporate structure is that's very weird and stuff. One of the latest but, series of Bones. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> she goes to Idaho. It all moves to Idaho. Uh, anyway, um, but today I just want to focus on one thing, which is their uh, AI claims process. Uh, so, but the company is valued at over five billion dollars. Uh, they claim to be disrupting insurance for uh, you know your usual people who like disruption, your millennials and Gen Z people. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. People you know, who don't like owning things. Yeah, we love that shit. So yeah. they do renters insurance, which they make gangbusters on. Homeowners insurance, which they have almost no mm. clients on, and pet insurance, which is basically unregulated. Mm. Um, and what I find very interesting is a lot of their engagement in the media has been basically completely uncritical. So the following is a Guardian headline from a couple of years ago, and it wasn't like Guardian in partnership with Lemonade. This is just a Guardian article. Okay. How artificial intelligence could help make the insurance industry trustworthy. Oh, great. <laughs> NYC-based huh. Lemonade hopes to reverse the poor reputation of insurance companies by using technology and behavioral science to appeal to younger At customers. At least get paid for this if you're going to do it. It's the same article. 
<laughs> what? So how does this work? Is this like they send one of those Boston Robotics dogs in to like kick your car in the tires or something? Yeah, to yeah, check yeah. What's they, going they, on? They, they put the racism on a computer, which yeah. makes it like good. So anyway, cool. they basically like you know made a little oopsie on the internet where they accidentally admitted that um uh, they use uh, AI profiling for uh, uh claims people who file claims. Yeah, and they then said, they did they did a fantastic post afterwards yeah. where they were like, "We do not do phrenology." One of four. Yeah. <laughs> so lemonade, <sighs> they say. And the original thread is built on a digital substrate using bots and machine learning to make insurance instant, seamless, and delightful. Shut the fuck up. Uh, God damn it. Can't so, get enough delight in my insurance. So they said, yeah. where customers usually have Never to fill have in... enough precision in your soup. 20 mm. to 40 questions on a normal application, Lemonade announced, basically, that it's like, yeah, we actually have an AI chatbot that collects as much as 1,600 data points from a single video of a customer mm. answering 13 simple questions. Yeah, like, but the, the problem is that like twelve hundred of them are like skin color. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like this. This also, it, even if it isn't racist, this feels like when you're in a bad relationship and you have a conversation with someone and they get angry at you because like you're both angry at the person that you're believing the other person to be. Mm. You know, mm. like you so just lack. You're like, oh no, I'm happy with my insurance, and the AI somewhere will just be like, mm, that's a risk. This person is absolutely going to take their own life. <laughs> so here's the thing, uh, <laughs> Alice. Did, your this AI yeah. keeps saying I'm suicidally depressed. Where is this coming from? So, um, <laughs> Alice, to your point that you say, yeah, it could very well be uh, a phrenology app, but I think looking at their like loss ratio and stuff, it's much more likely that this is nothing. Oh, it's a phrenology it app that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, that it's a phrenology app that doesn't do anything. Uh, huh. Because there is so much bullshit oh, no. just in those couple of I can't of believe claims. they besmirched the noble name of phrenology <laughs> by not implementing it. So, like, uh, for example, you can do to code that. the calipers. <laughs> for example, the amount of information you're allowed to actually use in writing an, underwriting an insurance claim is very, very limited and very, very regulated. Mm. So, like, there aren't 1,600 data points you could use. There are vastly less. Uh, most yeah. of that information they're collecting is for marketing. Like, none, you, can't, you cannot right. make a decision based on that information. Mm. It's illegal. How many, and, and you're saying he had how many Wonder Woman standees in the background? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, that, same, that seems personal. <laughs> yeah. and they also say uh, our, our AI an analyzes videos because when you make a claim, basically they use behavioral science and they have like mm. a Malcolm Gladwell that works for them. Awesome. Who was like, uh, oh, actually, people. Stephen Pinker. Well, he was. They were. He was like, actually, people don't. They, he has like a book called like the Trust Equation, and it's oh. like, oh. or something like this. Oh. I, li I, li I like how it's a Malcolm Gladwell. Like he's just yeah. reproducing himself. Yeah, you've got the Ukraine, and you've got a Malcolm yeah. Gladwell. He's, um, it's called Dan Ariely, and he's always giving TED talks and writing bullshit books, like the okay. kind of book oh, we would read with Felix. Dan Ariely. 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 Oh, the inventor of the Ariola. Uh, so, but yeah. he says uh, that, so and he's basically like, yeah, people won't lie if they're looking at a video of themselves and if they sign a pledge right. pre pledging to be honest. So basically what Lemonade said is we can remake the whole insurance industry by using mm -hmm. AI to analyze a bunch of stuff we're not actually allowed to analyze right. and then making people sign like a loyalty oath uh, to the company. A loyalty oath. Yeah, more or less. And so like and then the, the way they make sure you're not lying is to just mirror your webcam back to you. Uh, that's one of the big things this that they is, do, this yes. This is genuinely, like, one of the biggest pieces of junk science since it came, it, it, it like, became popular knowledge that uh, 
photos of eyes deter thieves and so therefore after mm-hmm. that every bike stand every bike rack had like a big poster with like thieves yeah. we're watching you with a pair of that's, eyes on it that's just a butterfly that's just a moth it's <laughs> a moth well, predator strategy also yeah. i think i like I did a lot of improv earlier in my life. Look at that! I've done a lot of stealing, and if there's one yeah, thing I know, of, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is I've lied to myself a lot. Like I've mm. pulled myself out of some real deep holes by lying to myself. I don't have any problem with being dishonest with myself. Um. So basically, right? Like again, this is all just sort of woo-woo hype shit. Because yeah. the main, this is another example of a big soft bank backed firm where the main mm. client isn't you. It's not the person going in and taking out insurance. It's investors. It's like we've got this because ah. if you think about this, right? Greensill, they said, oh, we have this wonderful technology. Well, they didn't. They had like a third party invoice processing system and then a bunch of marketing. Yeah, in this and, that, case, and that was one guy in Australia. <laughs> and in this yeah. case, Lemonade is like, oh, yeah, we have these amazing AI chatbots that, uh, that collect a bunch of information we're basically not allowed to use at the core of our mm. business. And then our AI, use, our AI fraud detectors... Um, I actually, like, they when accused of, but hey, that's phrenology, they were like, no, 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 they don't actually make any important decisions. No AI makes an important decision by itself. Um, and <laughs> no, no, they, we kept trying to remove that, but it's just hanging around. Uh, yeah, the AI and, does nothing. It does nothing. <laughs> no, I promise. It's just, it's just hello world. And then we put some calipers in there. I don't know. We don't know how to stop it from telling us you're black, but and, it's, and it doesn't do anything. Our AI may have called you the N word, but I promise you that made no effect on the air. And so it was like, doing it in the Chinese way where it's pausing and so oh, yeah. basically right it's, it's like anytime you see a company saying that they're doing AI recognition or any kind of AI processing mm. AI emotional recognition through nonverbal cues mm. chances are it's not even phrenology chances are it's just bullshit it's just nothing it's just yeah. scams yeah, mm. and because then they said, "Oh yeah, our AI is non-deterministic and has been shown to have bias and and so on and so on." That's why we don't let AI perform deterministic actions such <laughs> as rejecting put, we've claims. Put, we've put the AI on light duties, and it's yeah. going to have to attend mandatory training. But the funny thing is, if you look at their S one form, which they filed to go public, they said that the core of their business is their AI algorithm. So I, what I ask right. you is. If you can't price policies based on most of the information that you're taking in for your, from your chatbot, mm. and you don't use AI to automate decisioning, how is it the core of your business? What is it well, doing? You could you could mm. sell the data that it's you gather. It's being cool. Yeah. Um, um, I think this is what happens when the CEO's AI son needs a cushy job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the, it's, this is like a version of her where Joaquin Phoenix actually did fuck the AI, and this is their kid getting a do nothing yeah, job at Lemonade. Yeah, they've given the AI a Flintstone phone. Um, it, it's that Lemonade's customer base is investors, not you, and mm. investors are children who like jingling keys, basically. Apparently so, yeah. <laughs> Um, very funny. And also their claim, by the way, that like they're able to that you're able to use AI to like revolutionize insurance. Mm. Um, I, che- I looked at their actual um, and again, this is where I, I, I thank you to uh, Idaho Bones for your help. Um, I, I looked at this and it's like, yeah, they, they claimed it was 71% loss ratio, which is like the benchmark for the industry is like a, a competitor of theirs would make 31%. A benchmark is like 40 to 70%. It's how much money you lose on claims, basically. Right. Um, they're at 71%, but they're still a young company. So it's like you get gets down over time as you get better information. But mm-hmm. like they just neglected to include natural disasters in that because oh. it was unusual. 
Yeah. Huh. You're an insurance company. Yeah. Well, you don't insure for stuff that doesn't usually happen. Yeah, That's exactly. not what insurance is for. So you buy insurance against stuff that happens all the time. So they claim like that they have a seventy-one. In, in their Twitter thread, they claim they had a, a seventy-one percent loss ratio, where they were like, "Wow, this is amazing. This is half of what it was." But if you add in the number that they lost in the Texas snowstorm, uh, which their ten Q form, which their quarterly financial report did, uh, it climbs to one hundred and twenty percent. This is ah. this is extremely <laughs> high. This is very high. <laughs> Uh, hitting what? my robot as it continues to hand <laughs> buckets and buckets of hundred dollar bills to the people with policies, just hitting it with a broom, but you can't overpower it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's like it's like it's it's not even that this thing is racist. It's just it's just another soft bank nothing. Yeah, I better keep filling these buckets of, of the robots with a hundred dollar bills. Otherwise, God knows what it'll do. Yeah, and I think like the real the real thing, right? If for being serious for a moment, is that. If you're marketing yourself on like stu- on on providing a, st- a service based on surveillance, where people don't, because if you fill in a form for an insurance thing, right, yeah. you fill in twenty to forty questions, you know what questions you're answering, you know what information mm. you're giving them. Yeah. But if you're being surveilled, yeah, they ask you what your job is, yeah. and you say podcaster, and they're like, your insurance premium has just doubled. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. If you, um, but if you don't know what information is being taken from you then you begin to regulate your own behavior because you don't know what you're actually saying, right? So it almost doesn't matter that it doesn't work. If people believe it works, that's all that it really requires. Uh, yeah, it's one of these mm-hmm. uh, panopticon things. Uh, yeah, because mm-hmm. it turns the human into an object of study rather than, say, you know, a person. I don't um, want that. No, you don't want to be an object of study. I'm pretty sure that the guard occupying that tower isn't looking at me. At this time, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I gotta stop jacking off because I've got my insurance meeting tomorrow. <laughs> I've got such low self-esteem that being in a panopticon doesn't work on me because I'm like, who'd ever be looking at little old me? <laughs> yeah. That's right. I can probably I'm get probably away with whatever I want down me. here. Not that it matters. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I, I want to finish this off with um, a an, an article I've been sitting on for a little while. Guy in, guy in the um, cell next to you being like, no, Tom, the guard totally looks at you all the time. Oh, come <laughs> on. No. Did he say that? Or did yeah. he Believe look at yourself. you and then look at, I don't know. Don't, I don't care. <laughs> he does. Care I don't know. In the tower. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, so I don't, I don't even think about it. Um, <laughs> who over here knows who Thomas Heatherwick is? It's a in, great d- name. D- designer of the new Rootmaster. Uh, that's yeah. correct. Thomas Heatherwick um, is... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, um, Alice, a little while ago, you made a joke that someone was, was the inventor of areolas, and I can't stop thinking about how <laughs> useful that guy would be, because yeah, without the areolas, the nipples. nipple is such a rude shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be so fucked up. Just yeah. this little fucking boink. Yeah, the areola was kind of a fade-in to the yeah. nipple. Yeah, yeah. It's- oh, it's essential. So, yeah. uh, Alice, you know who Thomas Heatherwick is. The, yes. the the man who designed the bus. He is one of, of these. Alice knows who that one is. of these he's, British he's a design guy. He's like yeah. a fucking like black turtleneck design guy. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Uh, he was also a uh, de- designer of the Garden Bridge, the ill-fated yep. Garden Bridge. Yeah. Um, What's the Garden Bridge? Uh, a white elephant project that cost uh, London sort of one of one of yeah. Boris's deranged mega projects, where he was going to have yeah. a bridge with a park on it, and it, the like, estimate for that was like billions. Yeah, it's like what? a it's like a Saudi mega project, but without the follow through. Yeah, basically, this right, was the okay. guy that that Boris went to as mayor of London specifically. Anytime he wanted to do something grandiosely and stupid, 
Yeah. Anytime uh, like, he wanted to put input it like a SimCity cheat code and just have yeah, approval yeah. jump a bunch, but then it wouldn't actually happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Indeed. Is the is this in the same ballpark as like the London Eye? Is that that big wheel you guys love so kind much? Kind of. Except these yeah. those mm-hmm. those were like uh, PFIs, whereas this is uh, th- this is like uh, public stuff that Boris was trying to fund. Yeah. Um, cool. Mm-hmm. And it so, was just designed by this one uh, guy. Heatherwick also basically is involved in creating sort of large white elephant projects in New York City as well. Um, he uh, uh, built a <laughs> two hundred million dollar um, escalator to nowhere. Yep, amazing. The suicide <laughs> huh? escalator. Yeah, it's it's a, a large circular uh, honeycomb escalator that people kept jumping off, so they had to like hide it from view. But it's the most expensive <laughs> sculpture ever made. Mm, your public art makes people awesome. kill themselves on it. With great, yeah, um, that's actually part of it. That's yeah, that's not a great review, if I'm honest. This is. This is reminded that to me. one show, you'd probably get the person he to quit. Also designed the 2012 Olympics opening ceremony fire cauldron. Oh, great! Well, it was a good oh. cauldron, to be yeah. fair. If I if I needed a fire cauldron, I would go back to him. Um, I, this has reminded me a while back. I was in Brighton, my most hated city in the uh-huh. United Kingdom, as regular listeners to this show will know. And um, British Airways have been involved in a PFI there to build a sort of London Eye type thing. But instead of it being a carousel, it's like you get into like a big like pod, and then well, that's been there for a and while. It goes up a big like pylon right to the top. Uh, but of course, the view you get at the top is half just the sea, and then half of it is Brighton, which is like a bunch of Victorian houses. Why would you? Why mm. would you go on this? There's no skyline. This has been Milo's complaint about Brighton Hour. But it is. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, it's just I, I, it's I very, also say, it's a deeply PFI energy is mm, what I'm saying. I, I should also say about the escalators in nowhere that a bunch of people killed themselves on. Uh, yeah. it, it's in Hudson Yards, <laughs> and uh, it was like the centerpiece, big public art thing of Hudson Yards, the like mega gentrification bit. Mm. Yeah. Um, it, it was going to be like illegal to take photos of it. And oh. if you if you did, Thomas Heatherwick would own the copyright to those photos. It's like they were going to make 51. this like a fucking real life NFT bullshit. <laughs> Effectively, it looks yeah. like shit. By the way, oh yeah, well, it also, looks like, so bad. I just looked it up. And, and it Hudson looks like Yards, shit. Hudson Yards in New York is also not a place for humans to live. It's just no, it's a place for humans to kill themselves. All right, I want to see this sculpture. It's a, just a place for like people to put money to invest. None of it's this is for vessel. It's, apparently, it's it's all just um, it, it all just is a parody of a place, a parody of art, etc., etc., etc. And this is, and for some reason, Thomas Heatherwick, the last couple of weeks has just been like, oh yeah, it does yeah. look like shit. Mass- <laughs> it looks like a pine cone. Has just been massively pushed by like all of the newspapers for some reason as like the person we have to talk to about reopening the world after the pandemic. Um, he said. Uh, the post-pandemic world is opening up, and this was ably pointed out to us on Twitter by listener Will Jennings. Uh, the post-pandemic world is opening up, um, and for those with decent careers and nice houses, it's good. It's a world of dropping kids mm. off at school, commuting in your pants to your study, and no longer sniffing the armpits of your fellow tube travelers. Some people mm. are into that. Yeah, mm. That's not kink shame on this yeah. podcast. Finally, right. on returning to the office, we can start sniffing the seats we've all so dearly missed. <laughs> so, the danger for the How s- has Carol's Musk changed? The Let's danger find out. for the smug middle-aged people is that, they, and this is him talking, is that they think they don't need to come into the office because they'll be less relevant. The pulse of organizations will be about younger people who come together and learn together and push each other. So yet again, a guy whose main thing is like, 
designing offices. He says he wants to design enticing offices, of course. It's saying, come on, mm. get people back into offices. Get people back into offices. Really sexy, we like, like offices where you look at it and you're like, oh, that office is showing a bit of ankle. Uh, well, that's mm. more or less what he says. Again, mm. his actual thing is just, what if we did like a curved line with a shrub on it, but otherwise it was a normal office? Yeah. What this if is it, so what funny if that this is a big pine cone? Yeah. This is the kind of guy who wants the world to open up. The guy whose uh, one big work makes people want to die. <laughs> He's like, finally, people can go back to killing themselves by looking at my big thing. Yeah, I mean, people people said that that big pinecone thing was useless and a waste of time, but actually it wasn't useless because people were able to kill themselves using they it. Did just, they just reopened it this month, right, uh, <laughs> after people kept kept killing themselves and now the way the way that they've solved this is they've put up some signs saying hey don't kill yourself and you're not allowed to go up it alone you have to have a buddy to go up uh, the fucking escalator to nowhere who is presumably deputized to stop you from fucking killing yourself i mean that is an easy oh. way to start an unlikely rom-com so i think two it's people like finding each other KGB. for the service like your partner is just constantly checking up on you and reporting back to the central committee. So what I find funny about this, right, is this guy, right? That guy, the guy who mm. did that, mm. is now basically just being asked by every major media outlet in the country what he thinks we should do about returning to like you know cities. Well, we should have a buddy system. He said, <laughs> "You yeah. may have seen him last week talking about a new car he designed that sucks pollution out of the air." So he made <laughs> a Homer, a new ah. car he made that sucks. Okay, <laughs> but that's not a real thing, is it? You can't you Heather car Wick can't car suck pollution out? So of he the says, air. "What I've invented in lockdown is a cake that makes you thinner. The more delicious it is, it's yeah. called the arrow. Arrow is okay. now with I'm an looking eye, it up too. and it, it, it looks fucking awful. It looks atrocious. It looks like an electric razor, but it's All got right. like I'm transparent it up. panels. I told you, he made he made the Homer." Effectively, it's got a four-leaf oh table God. in it. You can unfold oh. to make a dining room what? in the car. Okay, so what I when I've googled Aero, a kind of vape has come up, which I presume is a vape pollution out of the air. Um, <laughs> Aero, no, just a search Aero car. Yeah, a yeah. This is the most three D printed fucking car that I've ever seen. Oh, it's oh yeah, I hate this. Yeah. So he says, right? In, in this is the person interviewing him in the studio says, in front of him there is a plastic model of of the car, swishy and futuristic in the way that architectural models always are. Yeah, made he of renderize. A, he has a dream for this car. He said, there are lots of songs from the 60s and 70s that mention cars that talk about how someone took the Chevy to the levee. Why don't we <laughs> sing about our cars anymore? What took the Chevy to the levee? The guy driving it. You're, you're taking American Pie, a song that is famously nonsense, as an example of like your inspiration. Yeah. No one sings about cars anymore, Milo. Yeah. What the fuck is... The, well, it turns into a bed inside. Well, here's the this thing. is the most confusing car. He says, uh, what if the car were another room? What if it were a useful stationary space? Perhaps a study for those without the room. This is, wait, no, the, what this car is, is it's like the red room in the haunting of Hill House. It's like the room that, like, <laughs> it is something, it's something different to every person who gets inside it. Yeah, but it's also like, yeah, what, what if your car was also a living room? Yeah, um, yeah this feels yeah, I, like I, what I cannot kid... afford either of those. Thanks. Yeah, Tom. This feels like what a what a kid would say in the like liminal space between when people think they're precocious and when they just figure out it's a different kind of stupid. Oh mm -hmm. mm. uh, yeah. Wouldn't and it be nice if everyone just got along? And if a gun shot life into people, yeah, mm. I guess. Thomas shut Heatherwick up. Heatherwick is such a, a fucking job. gifted child. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um. He says. Uh, 
on the planet there are 1.4 billion cars and each uh-huh. car has two square meters of space inside it uh-huh. so we've oh my got God, in Mr. the region over here. of three billion mm. square meters of real estate sitting there which 90 percent of the time isn't being used and that's the thing if you're someone like thomas heatherwick who's you know a has the brain of a precocious four-year-old, then yeah, that does make sense. But if you think about it for more than a minute, you have to ask yourself, well, wait, how come in general there are so many cars? And Mm. maybe Mm. the answer isn't, let's make them into playrooms. Perhaps the answer is there should be trains. No, people should sing about them more, and then that would make us... They should only be convertibles because they don't enclose the space. Yeah, so <laughs> you should it's you fine. should sing about your car. Uh, you should uh, live. You should have your car be another room. It's so it's fucking there bleak that this space. guy is getting all of the money in the world to turn huge swaths of our existence into soft play areas that mm-hmm. people are then killing mm-hmm. themselves on. Mm-hmm. Well, to be clear, the yeah, the feature of the arrow is that it sucks pollution out of the air, but then it does pump it into the cabin of the car. <laughs> it's kind of, it comes with its uh, with a pipe already attached to the exhaust pipe and it's through yet the window. Another suicide enabling design. <laughs> yeah. This guy just wants then, people to die, and I respect that. He says his he next sh- invention is a gun, but the barrel points a long U back at the uh, holder, <laughs> like a gun he says he concedes that treating a car as a spare room may require cultural as well as technological change. Uh, currently, if you is he just res- describing being homeless, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? Also, like, does this guy not understand? He has misunderstood a very fundamental thing about cars, which is if on like okay, but be it either summer or winter, if you are sat in a car that is not running, it is going to be a very uncomfortable temperature. Oh, I'm sure he could invent something that will handle that. You know, maybe yeah. it'll charge from the air ambiently, like Brian Rose thought that London. Milo, could do. why don't we just invent a fifth season that is the nicest temperature? Yeah, <laughs> the perfect spring temperature for sitting in your car. So he says, why don't we simply invent the perfect day? <laughs> oh my god, he's so if, smart. What if every day was a perfect spring day? Currently, <laughs> if you were to see a man sitting in a car by himself, you'd assume he'd had an argument with his partner or something. <laughs> Okay, that's that's a weird form of projection. About to go somewhere. (laughs) Nope. Argument. It's certainly an argument. Mm. uh, Just. (laughs) I. I. I just. I love this. Just sort of. That's um, really. That's such a. Why does this Rorschach drawing look like my parents fighting thing? Mm. Yeah. Um. And he says right. Like it's. Just the the solution to like again these problems of overcrowding, pollution of like expensive real estate. Just some guy. Just a, a, a guy who is mm. completely fucking inescapable just gets like, who's just, he, he, as you say, Alice, just gets to sort of have his soft play area just become reality mm. is being like, yeah, um, what if your car was the sitting room? And then yeah, every, it that? just has to be taken seriously and written about in the mainstream <laughs> yeah, press. Yeah, you're right. I guess that would suck in a different way to how things yeah. are now. Yeah, cool. you got it. Yep. Mm. Um. The whole planet, he says, has homogenized buildings. Everything is generic. Housing has just all been bundled together. Work has been bundled together. You end up with somewhere that's dead during the day and somewhere else dead during the weekend. And I mean, I don't you think made one of those in Hudson yeah. Yards. Yeah. And mm. I don't know if you could, like, solve that problem with, like, whimsy. I think that's a more no, political economic, economic yeah, it, one. It, it, in order to drive the arrow, you have to like have someone else in there with you. It's got like a seat yeah. weight detection, like a Tesla, because if you drive it on your own, you will try and pilot it directly into a wall. Very, very battery car. And also, arrow. you note that when he says he says that 
it would people want places to have personality which dare to be wholehearted so yeah you're walking into your job at as you're yeah you're walking into your job as a at a call center and it's like you know the 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 glass door slides open and it you know i don't know plays the fucking yeah, rick in a car now it plays guy, the fucking rick astley song from 10 this years guy ago makes mm. the least personal things i've ever seen yeah he just he just makes these like sort of like like the minority report car or whatever <laughs> and then being like yeah this um this is actually uh, uh, humanistic, and see, look, look at this. We have, as you walk into, yeah, your your you know gig economy job as a as a telemarketer, uh, you walk past a curved shrub, and you are enticed back into work. It's just he, such he fucking. He, he made he made the awful. new rootmaster suck, and that's not an like an easy thing to do because like. The design there is it's a bus, but it has an open door at the back. Mm-hmm. And he found mm-hmm. a way to fuck that up and give everybody heat stroke in the summer on the upper deck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, cool. we, we love our um, inescapable failures here in Britain. We love giving we them just infinite amounts of money and uh, allowing them to reinvent uh, cities as more wholehearted, whatever the fuck that means. This guy fucking rules. I've yep. got to, like, just in terms of his commitment to like slowly but steadily cause harm like just yeah. steadily working his way up the ranks of the supervillains he's the <laughs> joker he's great right. he's, he's inflicting steady amounts of psychic damage on the populace without them even knowing hmm. why kill them when they'll do it to themselves that's right with this <laughs> with this <laughs> stupid ass car that we've reimagined as a living room Hot thomas jokerwick have you ever been on a bus and it's been very hot Mm-hmm. I'm like That's a right. dog chasing an arrow. I wouldn't be able to fit in it if I'd caught it. <laughs> the anyway. god does look like shit. Uh, what does a dog need an office for? <laughs> uh, I, I know we've been we've been running for a little while, and I think it's getting a little bit uh, a little bit late down there in uh, in Australia. Mm. Uh, la la. So, yeah. Oh shit. Two fifty three a.m. I think I'm I'm mm. going to bring us to a little close here uh, and say number one, Tom. Thank you very much for coming on today. Hey, thank you for having me. It's always a joy to uh, learn things and then be very glad that I spend the rest of my life not learning them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Sp- if- spend the rest of your evening thinking about the inventor of Ariolas. That's right. <laughs> Hi, um- genuinely, Alice, you have no idea how, how grateful I am for them because yeah. what a rude shock without the Ariola to ease you into something yeah, being like different an empire nearby. Biscuit, you know? Yeah, when you look nothing, at the areola, you're like, oh, I know what's coming up. Yeah. 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 I'm getting ready for you, you little scamp. eases you into it, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah once that. you reach the areola, you know, sooner or later, so, you're going to hit uh, some nip. I want to say, also, <laughs> make sure to follow Tom on Twitch and watch his mm. many fine Twitch streams. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, where- make sure to buy Tom's girlfriend. Yeah, on- <laughs> oh, no, uh, girlfriend.finance. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and you'll frequently find uh, myself and Devin there in chat, uh, sort of trying to shock him off of uh, various platforms while he plays Lost Egg or get him to crash his car in American Truck Simulator. Uh, yeah, so- I play a bunch of bullshit games. <laughs> That's right. But it's fun. <laughs> so do do that. Uh, and don't forget, we have a Patreon, five bucks a month. Uh, you get a second episode every week. Uh, so that is a pretty good investment uh, mm. if you want to uh, spend right. money it can to only go up in value exactly uh, if you want if it is worth about as much as lemonade yeah you can that's buy right. an NFT saying I'm your girlfriend yeah yeah right. all the uh, all the bonus episodes are actually generated by an AI we have no involvement in them whatsoever <laughs> yep, it's a deep right. fake 
Uh, anyway, this year, this week, this year, this week, we are doing the second installment, and also this year of our uh, years and years yeah. watch series called Weeks and Weeks. <laughs> called Weeks and Weeks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so do stick around for that. Anyway, yeah. we will see you in a few days in the bonus. Mm. Later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.